This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hi, friends. This is your friendly reminder to please subscribe. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the studio and another episode of Father Knows Something. We, um, I w- we have Morgan. We have Justin. Yes. And uh, on the ground sleeping after her really taking her time to make her bed is Holly. She's back. So uh, we've been gone for a while. Yeah, we recorded a couple episodes in Minnesota. And I want to thank everybody that has been watching the episodes. The, first, the, the second episode as of today, which is with your mom, has not aired yet. No. And the grandma episode did air the, the other night. Yeah. And everybody, you were so kind to Grandma Margaret, and she was so terrified of coming on the show, but she really had fun. She was really scared. And uh, it really was a great show. The one thing I want to point out to everybody, and this is interesting, there are so many people that are not getting along with their mother-in-laws and their families and their exes and and. There's a lot of dynamics that goes on in these relationships. And you will see that mom, your mom, and I get along well. Grandma, the, if, even though we're not together, the family, we're all still one united family without any question or problem. So it's possible. Oh, without any? We don't have a problem, really, do we? I mean, every family goes through spouts of chaos here and there the we just thing. we can't pretend we're perfect right. but that's not where i was going i was really saying but in in the event of our in-laws i've never had a problem with your with your with your grandmother we've never had an issue and yeah very and fortunate you, and your great grandmother and you know look we are very lucky and it's possible is what i'm trying to say yes it's possible it is possible maybe and not maybe not for everyone though no i agree to that but uh, but I'm just trying to say it is possible. And, yeah. And it's all about, you know, it just defines where you want to make your, your your battles. Look, I live in a building where I can't get along with my neighbors. And I've gotten along with all my neighbors all my life. And all of a sudden, I got two out of nine units. And I really don't even want to acknowledge. I find them so disrespectful that I just don't acknowledge people that just are blatantly disrespectful. Yeah. And so I have no use for them but i rather than challenge or get in any any pissing matches i choose just to pretend they're they're non-existent yeah and so that's where i guess where i'm trying to say that you know there is possibilities that we can function with people that we really don't want to be around or we can try to make peace and and have good relationships sometimes when it really involves kids it yes. involves family and it involves a lot of things there is ways you, as long as you can get the the boundaries identified and look, mom and I, we have our issues, boundaries. And, and I think a lot of people you know, get that. For sure. Boundaries are really, really tough. And it's, it's almost like a muscle. You have to train it. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta work it. You gotta flex them sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they can be very challenging, especially if it's someone that's never had a boundary set with them before. So all that said, let's uh, kick what it off. What socks you got? 
Uh, oh. I think I'm doing Seattle on this on tonight. I haven't yeah. I haven't really gone and bought socks. I need to do it. I've been so busy just working and procuring stuff for you know for these projects. You know where you should get some? Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, Australia. Mm-hmm. I will get some Australian socks. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I some kangaroo ones. That'd be fun. And koalas. That'd be very good. What else? Not sloths, because apparently those don't live there. Uh, I have sloths. Thought they did. I already have a sloth sock, because I went and visited the sloth in Los Angeles. Oh, that's And you got cool. socks. Yeah, but and they weren't, they, I, you didn't have to get there too quick, because they don't move, move very oh. fast. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool to go see them. Yeah. It was very cool. Well, it's, int- oh, Justin's got a pair today. What do you got? What does it look like? I can't, I don't know, it looks like trees of some type. I, I hijacked. Lions. I hijacked Morgans. Yeah, what are they? Because they're too good. Dan, dandelions. It says, "I never fart." Very good. Very good. You know, I got really scared today because which doesn't work for Morgan. No, I do fart, but very rarely in front of you. But I got really scared today because in the studio here, you guys, we have a little security camera that points at the door, and I was walking between the rooms, and every time you walk in front of it it activates and I was about to like let go of like the loudest fart and then I was like security camera so I didn't do it so who would have seen it or heard it him he's got access to the camera so does he sit there and monitor the camera the whole time to see if you fart? No, no, but today, which we could include this video. It saves clips. I wouldn't yeah. have to sit there and watch. It saves- it's like, it would be on the clips. Yeah. And you'd see a little like, you know, on, on the lines, you'd see a red beep going beep. Yep. Yeah. So for example, today I had um, a salad delivered and I could see on the app that he was at the building. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just go outside and get it. Like, it's mm-hmm. fine. And as I opened the door, he's standing there. And I was like, Ugh! like I freaked out. Just some kind of, I'm kind of a jumpy person. Are you? Well, let's get let's get going. Okay, yes. Yeah. So it's good that you brought up boundaries and kind of prefaced it that way because the theme we're getting into today is dealing with differing morals. When you just have different morals than someone, it can be really hard to find, you know, middle ground or maybe be respectful of each other's different views or not talk about different views with each other. So we're getting into really how to deal with it. And So does morals involve integrity as well? More, integrity could be a moral. I think humility is a moral. I think there's like morals and ethics, which kind of differ. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that could go into that. A person's standards of behavior or beliefs concerning what is and is not acceptable for them to do. What's an ethic just for sake of curiosity? A set of moral principles, especially ones relating to or affirming a specified group, field, or form of conduct. And the big one, integrity. Integrity is a moral. Moral is the umbrella. Well, good to know. Yeah. I'm 27 female, and my parents are 55 and 75. My parents got divorced about four years ago. 
Whenever I visit my dad, he is always making very unprovoked negative comments about my mom and my mom's family. Whenever I visit my dad, he is always making very unprovoked negative comments about my mom and my mom's family. He also is quite narcissistic and very conservative in his religious beliefs. So this just adds to the fire. In the very beginning, I told him I wasn't okay with him talking like that and that he couldn't do that when I was around. He stopped for a very short period of time. He's now gone back to the constant negativity. When he does say things in front of me, they are so ridiculous and outlandish that I'm caught off guard and I don't know how to respond. Most of the time, I say nothing. However, his comments continue to bother me for days afterward, and I feel bad for not saying something and reiterating my boundaries. At the same time, I feel like it's pointless because I know he will just ignore it and continue to act the way he has acted for years. What should I do in this situation? Should I continue to have a relationship with him? Or if he's ignoring my boundaries, do I just cut ties? Well, I definitely think you can certainly cut conversation. You basically can very easily just stop talking to him. And when he says, you know, how come you don't, you know, talk to me or why don't you call me? You can say, you can easily say, I've had conversations with you about respecting, you know, mom or people in conversation. You totally disregard the 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 request that I make of you. And I don't really need to keep pushing it and trying to tackle this problem when when you just totally blow it off. So you with a lack of respect that you're showing to me regarding anyone else or just for my wishes with you, I just don't want to engage. So I'm doing fine. If you feel that you're missing a relationship, then think about what I've asked of you in our conversations and maybe we can move forward. But if it's going to be the same thing, I'm just not into it. It, it leaves me feeling upset. It, 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 it ruins my following days. And I'm just, I just can't go down that road. It's not healthy for me. I mean, family or not, it's really hard to be around people that are negative mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I've ever seen in my life of people dealing with it is kind of a natural just distance mm -hmm. because are you just going to keep subjecting yourself to it after you've already done the right thing and set the boundary mm -hmm. boundaries, not respected. Well, now we move on to phase two of, I don't want to, but I'm going to have to start distancing myself for my own well-being. And and the and the most important thing that I've noticed in my own mind watching this play out in my head is that you didn't give them uh, an ultimatum. You just simply quit engaging, and so it's not a threat anymore. Now they yeah. get it, and and as soon as you open your mouth and say this, the the likelihood is he's going to be triggered. And he's going to go off on you and say, well, I didn't do that or that. And you'll say, hello, <laughs> here we are right now. Yeah. You know, get the message. Yeah. I mean, if you're gaslit in that way, then still same answer. And maybe in time it sets in, maybe in time it doesn't. You know but that? at least, you know, in time, you're going to be a lot more healthy yeah. mentally. I mean, as soon as, as soon as he lights off, you can just say, you know, dad, you're, you're just not getting it. And I don't have an argument. This is not about having an argument where I'm going to go home after this and having my innards all tossed up and being upset again for our relationship. Just 
consider what I said and, and make a choice and a decision. I can have a relationship without being negative. I cannot pick on my not pick on my ex-wife or my daughter's mother. And we're going to have a, a positive experience when we're together. Yeah. Yeah. I think like one thing too, I feel bad because I think she even says this, like she freezes in the moment and doesn't say anything and then feels bad about it for days later. And that is just, oh, I, I totally can like physically feel that because it's hard to think fast when you're dealing with these things. Like my brain does not work with comeback equips mm -hmm. and some people's brains just work so fast. And I, so I do the same thing. I kind of freeze sometimes, but after you give yourself a second, like, and you like get it, I would physically get up and remove yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's proving a point. Like every single time you say something, I'm going to separate myself from you. You know, obviously if you're in the car and driving, that's a little harder, but if you're sitting at his house and he says something negative, get up and walk to another room and like separate yourself. Because I think that is like drawing a very solid boundary, mm -hmm. even a physical boundary. Like I am going to remove myself anytime you do this. And I would reiterate it one more time and really say, if you continue to do this, we're not going to have a relationship. This doesn't make me feel good. But you know what's crazy? Like I hear a story like this and I wonder what was he like before they got divorced? Did he always kind of say negative things about people? Or is this like a new development? Because yeah. my brain, I've watched way too many medical shows but I'm like, is something going on with him? Like, does he maybe have something like neurologically where he's just become this person? It, maybe he's watching too much of the news. I don't know. But it's just, it's sad when you see someone that used to be this good person and not do these things transition to a negative well, one. I, I will definitely say that looking at our world, we have, depends what's going on politically in our world, we have had a lot of agitation going on in the last, you know, six years or 10 years, a lot of agitation and it affects people. I mean, I never, never recognized in my, in my years of growing up and growing older that we had the shootings that we have daily that, you know, you, it's like, it's like every day. Yeah. And so there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of craziness. I was on the, um, I was on Wilshire Boulevard the other day or on driving down Wilshire on Sunday mm -hmm. and a car um, was coming as I was making a right turn. So he was probably 300 you know, feet, hundred yards down beyond me, red light to my right as I was making the turn. So there was nowhere for him to go, but so I had plenty of room. I made the right turn. He didn't have to break to do it, but he was pissed that I got in front of him. So after, you know, we all stopped at the, I mean, it was a right turn. I didn't even go anywhere because there was a bus yeah. know, with the red light. And he was honking. He came up behind me and started honking his horn. And then he pulled onto my side and he tried to stare me down with anger in his eyes. <laughs> And I looked and I just thought to myself, I saw the turn. I didn't cut him off. I didn't do anything rude. I didn't, none of the above. And yeah. this guy was just angry that he now is in a position that he's one car behind. And he started working his way through the traffic as fast as he could as the light <laughs> turned. And I'm watching this guy and I'm just thinking there, there is a lot of hostility. 
a lot of anger out there. I just smile and wave with so, a big smile. Yeah. And I did the same thing, by the way, <laughs> which was probably, you know, if, if he had a Glock, he would have pulled it out and shot. Well, that's the scary thing. You just don't know with people. So to answer your question, is there something that could be medically going on with him to change his, you know, his chemo his chemistry to make him behave this way? Certainly. But typically I've always found in people, if they are this way, they were always that way. And in the beginning of a relationship with their mother, they're all sweet and wonderful because you're under that wonderful, yeah. you know, cloud of infatuation. But the real you comes out within fifty, you know, three, four, five years, and or or sooner. And then that person says, "Wow, look what I got! You know, I should have got out when I could have." See, really that's why it's not bad to wait five years to commit for life. You it know is what I'm saying? It like, is not bad at all. Really, get to know someone. Are you trying to pass a message? Instead of doing it in like six months or something. Well, it works for some people. It does, but it, I wonder what the stats are. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I have seen it work. There's some crazy. There's crazy stuff out there. Some people meet someone and they just they they know they just know. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to move on to number two? Yeah, I think so. Let's go to number two then. How do I tell my strict family that I'm moving in with my boyfriend? First of all, love the podcast. I'm a Minnesota native and I had a pretty strained relationship with my own father and lost him about a year ago to cancer just as our relationship was healing. I'm sorry to hear that. Listening to Jerry's fatherly advice gives me such peace. I also love and appreciate Morgan and Justin's realism and insight. I hope you can all help me with my problem. Good we're thing here. we're all here. We're here for hey. you. And Holly. And Holly. And Holly. All right, let's hear it. I, 26 female, was raised in a very strict Catholic household. No doors closed with members of the opposite sex, strict curfew, rarely allowed to go out, etc. In my past, I've done things my family disagrees with and have become somewhat of a black sheep in my family. I don't blindly agree with them and have been vocal about my political beliefs in the past. I originally, at 23 years old, tried moving in with a platonic male friend of mine to save money, but my parents threatened that they would not help me move in and would never set foot in my apartment or do anything that shows support of this decision. My dad was ill, stage four cancer, for six years, and I ended up deciding to live alone because I didn't want to fracture our relationship even further with limited time left. Fast forward three years and much has changed. I still live alone, but my father has since passed away about one year ago. I started dating the most amazing man, 29 male, at the end of December, and am absolutely positive that I found my life partner, and he feels the same. He has supported me through good and bad already. He's emotionally intelligent, our goals and morals align, and I feel this overwhelming sense of home, peace, and security when I'm with him. And he's, all caps, hilarious. We're always laughing when we're together. I've been in some good relationships, some toxic ones, but this is by far the most healthy and stable relationship I've had. We want to live together prior to getting engaged. We hope to be engaged within the next year or two. And as a teacher, I want to move over the summer. I'm so excited to move into the next chapter of my life with my partner and do not want to wait over a year to live together. We signed a lease and are moving in together in July. I have not yet told my mom and am wondering how to do this. She is still quite fragile after losing my father and I'm genuinely concerned that she's going to say something extremely hurtful like, 
your father would be so disappointed in you. How can I approach this gently and with grace? And how do I deal with any hurtful comments that come my way? You know, we had having grandma and Margaret on last week, you know, she was definitely, you know, more rigid and traditional in the, uh, with Danette, Don, and, and Derek than, what, than the lifestyle we have. A lot of, a lot of growth has happened just because society and, and how we, things change, that things are acceptable to her now. So to, to tell you that your mom is not going to say your father will be disappointed, she probably will. You know, you, you're expecting, but this isn't against her and it's not against your father. And you can say, you know, mom, I recognize that. And I recognize your disappointment, but I also know that I'm an adult and I'm making life choices for, for my life right now. And I hope that you will be a part of my life. I hope that you, that you can accept it, but I'm not changing this decision. This is going to happen, and I don't. And I'm not doing it to hurt you or to be against you. I'm doing it to make sure that, you know, Dave and I, whatever his name is, we are trying to do things the most responsible way we can, and this is what we feel, and that's what we're going to do. And yeah. So I hope that you that that you will accept it. I know it might be difficult, and I, again, I'm not doing it to hurt you or to hurt the memory of Dad. I love both of you very much but this is something I need to do. I love the straightforwardness of your answer because I'm going to read the ideal outcome and additional info. Okay. And I think it'll play into what you said. Ideal outcome, I acknowledge that I'm off to a bad start by signing a lease before consulting my mom, but my ideal outcome is that she will recognize my autonomy and respect my decision, even if she does not agree with it. I'd love for both of us to handle this with grace. Additional info. Although I love Jerry's optimism, this will not go better than I'm expecting. My therapist uses a tool where we imagine the worst case scenario, the best case scenario, and acknowledge that reality will fall somewhere in the middle. This is to help combat anxiety, but my mom matches worst case scenario nine times out of 10. And so what I love about what you said is, it wasn't, oh, it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> you actually were like, no, go in and say, this is happening. You're either going to be with it or not, but I, but this is the decision we're making. I, and I love you, and this is not against my love for you. And I, you know, it's, I I fully expect, and I'm not optimistic that her mom's going to jump right on board. Oh, say how wonderful! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fact, here's a box of sees candy. <laughs> you know, I I just don't see it. Or yeah. let me buy the furniture. No, she is going to you know. She's on her own and she feels that, you know, there's no one here to back her up. She's, you know, lost her partner in crime, your dad to go, you know, lift, you know, the hammer and to bring it down on you. There's, there's stuff that the, the answer is where I'm an adult and I love you. And I know that this is against your, your grain, but I'm not trying to hurt you, mom. I know it is, but I, that's not my intent. It's, this is going to happen. We, we least, I didn't come to you for permission to go, Make write the lease. I had to do the lease. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Further additional info. Lots of anticipatory anxiety has built up for me. One final detail is that I hate disappointing others. It makes me physically ill sometimes. My therapist and I are still unpacking this, 
but it seems to stem from somewhere in my childhood. Ooh, I feel that. I have recently learned I'm a bit of a people pleaser. And I think that's something that like having podcasts has shown me. Like, I feel the same way. I hate disappointing people. And it's hard. I will say like I I relate to this in the sense my mom was very strict and she always like preached like, oh, no sex before marriage. You can't live with a guy before you're married. Well, I went to college. I had my own place. I had boyfriends. I think she kind of figured they're sleeping over at my apartment. But when I would come home still, she would say, nope, he's sleeping on the couch. You're in your room. That's how it's going to be. And I think she was like that up until I started dating you. And I think the first time you were going to stay there, she still kind of threw a fit and was like, Justin, staying on the couch. And I was like, that's, you know what? We're going to go get a hotel. It's fine. This is your house, your rules, but we're going to get a hotel. We're going to do our thing. And I think you just have to get to a point where you are an adult and you have to feel comfortable in your own choices. And you're making your choices because that's what makes you happiest. You need to be happy. That's the bottom line. Are you happy moving in with your boyfriend? Great. Your mom will get on board. Like, you're, if this is your person, you end up together, she's going she's gonna to love that. You're going to get married eventually. You're going to do these things that she likes. But for now, you have to do you and have the tough conversation, but be comfortable in your choice. Nope. And I think it is interesting, the line where she says something like, I feel like I've, I'm starting this already off on the wrong foot because I signed the lease and I didn't even consult my mom might be the right foot. Honestly, kind of. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But you're 26. Like, you don't have to consult your parents right. on your decisions you anymore. Did, you did perfect. You, you did great. No, not, no, I was having a question in my mind. And and I, well, and I think there's more of a conversation and it's a stronger conversation when you say, I'm moving in with my boyfriend. Bottom line, I love you. I get this might be really tough for you. Versus... I'm thinking about moving in with my boyfriend. No, 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 no. You're telling her what you're doing. You are 26. A, abs, you're doing the, be absolute. Don't be wishy-washy. Yeah. Don't be on the fence. Don't try to satisfy everybody. Just say what it is and, you know, say what, do what you say. Say, what is it? Say what you mean and do what you say. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And keep it clean. And you said it perfectly. Yeah. With you're doing it with elegance. And yeah. do it that way. And I think you're great. I think you got this one. And your word, grace. Yes. You, which you, is why she put it in quotations, with <laughs> grace. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's really tough setting boundaries with parents. It's something I'm constantly doing with mine, and it can be really challenging. Okay. That's, that was a good one. Yeah. Train's headed to the next stop. Okay. Choo-choo. Trigger warning, this one does mention addiction. Jerry, Morgan, Justin, and Holly. Hello. There she is. I've been such a fan since Two Hot Takes, and I've been listening to Father Know Something since day one. I love the dynamic the three of you have and look forward to your podcast each week. So here's where I need advice. My boyfriend and I have been dating for about eight months. I'm 27 and he's 28. 
We are both living with our parents currently. I just moved back with mine temporarily, which is getting hard on our relationship. Things between us have been amazing until recently when I got into a huge fight with his parents. Basically, we are on opposite ends politically. This hasn't been an issue so far as I've ignored their teasing and laughed it off. Mostly, they joke with me and want to argue all the time. I've laughed along and dealt with it. However, about a week ago, they just wouldn't stop. I came over for dinner and from the moment I got in the house, they were poking at me. Everything from LGBT rights, violence against black people, cops, guns, abortion, etc. came up. They know my brother is a heroin addict and the struggles with that, and they were even making fun of junkies. I'm liberal and they are conservative. I kept saying we weren't going to change each other's minds, so can we please change the subject? It would get changed for a couple minutes and then move on to another political subject. My boyfriend just sat there at times, and at others, he was egging them on, laughing with them. I was visibly uncomfortable and repeatedly asking to change the subject. Eventually, I snapped. I didn't yell or swear, but I said, I can't listen to another word from you, and walked away. My boyfriend ended up telling me I can't talk to his parents like that and told me to leave. Now my boyfriend and I are in a better spot. He knows he messed up and swears up and down it'll never happen. I love again. your face because I am having the same reaction. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. He knows he messed up and swears up and down it'll never happen again, that he will have my back. He admits that his dad is a bully, but he's also really close with his family and doesn't want to have to choose. I've seen his parents once since then and was polite and nice, and they didn't even acknowledge my presence, really. He is really close with his family and says he doesn't want to pick sides. I really do love him, but I don't want in-laws that I don't like and that act like that. What should I do? Break up. <laughs> you're only eight months. You're, you're only, it's like going on a cruise and you're, or a, and you're only about 100 yards off of shore right now. You could easily jump, jump ship. Off. You could jump and swim back to shore. Coast Guard's out there, baby. There's a tugboat somewhere. Get off. You know, yes, but it, it, it's easy to say that, right? It's easy to say. You're, but eight mu you're only eight months into this thing. Yes. And, Some people and, do get married after eight months. I, I, but here's the deal this fella jumped on the bandwagon to abuse her that with and and said hey i'm going to i'm going to have fun i'm going to i'm going to poke the bear on you and join join and join the 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 wolf pack and that is just uncool that was showing no respect to you at all yep or her brother, her family, her people. Yep. Despicable behavior. You know where your parents align and you're going to encourage them and go along with them and make it worse. My question here is, and maybe we'll get to it in Ideal Outcome and Additional Info because I'd like to hear that before I really pop off. But where does he align? Is he in the boat of with his parents, anti-LGBTQ+, like, where does he align in this? Because if you're on this side he, of the he, spectrum... He might be a wishy-washy and just and, and just chasing, chasing... Says what people want to hear. Right. Maybe, but like... And otherwise, where, how do you get to eight months? Where where <sighs> Where is he in reality? He certainly didn't stick up for her. Well, and that's a big... I have a big problem with that because I, that's why I ask also where he aligns. 
Because if I knew my mom had a differing opinion as me and my partner on something, I wouldn't bring it up. If she started talking about it, I'd be like, hey, mom, I love you, but you know we can't talk about politics. Let's let's not today. You as your partner and that being your family, you're supposed to advocate for your person. Your family of origin is your responsibility to deal with. But you egg them on and you chime in when you're attacking your partner, they went, all of their beliefs, they their got family. Wolf packed on her. They wolf packed on her. They carnaged on her. They went biting at her heels. Un- unacceptable. No, it's just I'm like, I'm like nauseous over this because I also think if this is going to be your person, what if you have friends that are gay or queer? What if you decide you want children down the road and your kid is gay? What does that look like for you? Is your partner, your husband going to disown your kid? Fuck no. I would not want to be with someone like that. So yeah, it's eight months, but you are seeing who he is as a person and it's so what do I, what, trash. What, what is my rule of thumb that when, when you start dating somebody, what do I've always said? Takes a year. Takes a year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, is there any more? Not much, but I, the answer is sitting right here in the ideal outcome. Okay. Let's hear it. I'm scared. There's no additional out like info. No. There's nothing, nothing I, for um, you there. But Our intern Lucy put this theme together today. So I knew there was a trigger warning, but I didn't, I don't know any of these Stop stories. peeking. I, I have to get a screen protector on this thing. Go ahead. <laughs> I want us to stay together and navigate his family, but I also don't want to be dealing with these issues forever. You will be. I have a feeling you will be. Yeah. People like we are all very set in our beliefs. Typically by the time you're 30, you're, I don't know how old the parents were. I didn't, I don't remember the age, but they're not changing. They're not going to evolve and one day wake up and be like, happy pride guys. People can though evolve they when can. they are when they are completely don't know. Yeah, but I've I, seen people a lot of people change. Yeah, but do you think it doesn't these people don't sound like they will. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think I don't these think so. people I think typically a lot of people are set in their ways unless they have like a come to God moment or some crazy experience that really shifts it for them. But I honestly I don't know what you can do, especially because you have a boyfriend that is unwilling to put himself in an uncomfortable position for the sake of you. Well, that's the problem we're discussing that's here. That's the problem We're not here. discussing necessarily the, the, the battle between beliefs between you and his parents. We're it's discussing a morals. partner that doesn't have your back. And you, that's the bottom line. You know, it, it, sometimes I always say it's better to go culturally with people that are the same belief as you, especially in the roots. You know, it, it's easier. I mean- can you make it work? You can certainly make this work. Is it going to be more challenging? Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be bumping heads. This is going to be a major thorn, and it's going to ra- it's going to raise rear its head going down the road. And why? I mean, this is yeah. the time. Like I said, you know, a year it, it, before they really start coming out. The fact that he did this, yeah, he realized he that he made a huge mistake. But the bottom line is, is that do I feel comfortable that something else is not going to rear its head or in a different, the same mistake in a different, in a different fragrance? Yeah. I do believe that. Yeah. I also wonder 
if he truly recognizes what he did was wrong or if he's just kind of going along with this now to placate her. I do really think this core concept of not defending you or at least setting a boundary to say, hey, let's agree to disagree. Let's stop. Him not doing that for you in this moment, I feel like is going to happen again and again when issues arise. Hey, his mom isn't happy the way you're raising your kids. Oh, you know, it's just my mom. You know how she is. He's not ever going to have your back when it comes to his parents because he says it himself. He doesn't want to piss off his family. He's really close with his family. Guess what? You can still be really close with your family and advocate for your partner and set solid boundaries. You know, there are there I'm sure there's someone else out there that will be along his lines that will you know blend well with his family. They'll all get along. They'll they'll think on the same path. They can have their closed-mindedness or whatever it might be on in their own little world, but it may not fit your world. Yeah. And you want to make sure that whatever you're with fit your fits your world. It's marriage is tough enough. Relationships are tough enough. Especially at eight months. Like you need to be perfectly aligned pretty quick. Otherwise it's just going to keep. Yeah, I mean, and there is growing. I mean, yeah. I, I, I get the fact that there is, there is sometimes we, we step out of bounds and we grow from it, but you get, this is a big ask because yeah. this is, this is what's really within their nature and you're going to deal with it. Yeah. I, I dealt with it with just my friends through the the last you know ten years of the political realm that was going on, and I will tell you, it was challenging. This was a serious, serious core values that we were going against to what we're willing to accept. And then you start looking at and you go, where where are you guys with you know your integrities and your expectations of the world and what you feel is permissible or not permissible? And it really changed it. it it's very defining. It's just a defining thing. Yeah. So my answer is, you know, think long and hard on this. Whatever you do, you know, you're the one that's living with it, but think long and hard. I would love if the listeners would chime in on this one because I think a lot of you out there might have stories where you dealt with in-laws that were like this or you've mm -hmm. had a partner that didn't support you or maybe you, you know, I would love, especially if you had a partner that you had a similar situation, didn't support you, and you stayed with them. I don't know. All the above. No. I would just love if listeners could share on this one because I, I, don't I think, think a lot of us... I don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I'd I think this one it. invites it. <laughs> yeah. Political stuff is hard. And I mean, some of it's not political. Some of it's just basic human rights and equality. So it just hey, makes me mad. I'm just like so razzled. I like feel just so angry about this one. The couch is shaking. Especially, especially about the addiction. And it, it just, it's really sad. Yeah. And I, I think you can agree to disagree with people, but it comes to a point of what do you want to deal with in your life? Because life is too short to. And they have, they have, and that family has their hands full with their brother. I mean, it takes a lot of compassion and understanding yeah. to try to figure out how to deal with that, Yeah, you know, with, with heroin. I mean, it's the monkey on your back. It's, it's really tough. It is. It, I was in a relationship with somebody that had an addict in their family and it was tough. I mean, I heard, you know, stories from, from her and it was not fun, Yeah, yeah. but she didn't change the fact that she loves her brother. 
to, to death. Absolutely. I mean, just loves them. Keep us posted. We definitely, I need, I personally at least need to know how this shapes out. Even if it's a year from now, it's fine. Just, it'll be, it'll be good. Okay. Go ahead. Moving All right. Along. Hello, I'm a longtime listener in need of advice. I'm in the bridal party for a close friend from high school, and we've definitely become less close since graduating, going to different colleges, etc. I just found out that she has a dating profile and might be exploring polyamory or an open relationship, though she mentions her fiancé in the profile, and it at least says that they both are wanting this. My friend doesn't know that I know. The wedding is in October, and she's starting a new job where she will be traveling out of state for weeks at a time. I also don't know her fiancé very well, as they have social anxiety and don't accept my invitations to join us when we go out. They've been dating for five years prior to being engaged, but is it weird to be concerned that getting married now might not be a good idea? I don't know much about polyamory, but it seems odd to me the timing of opening the relationship and choosing a job that requires a lot of travel so close to the wedding. Is there a way I can bring it up respectfully, or should I just mind my own business and hope it all works out okay? Ideal outcome? No, I'm just concerned and I'm trying not to come off as judgmental. Additional info. Their fiancé is non-binary, and there have been some flags raised about other things, such as my friend not knowing who of her fiancé's family will be coming to the wedding, or if they will come since it's a queer wedding. I've also noticed my friend be frustrated at times with her fiancé's social anxiety. My answer is the following. What happens if you have friends that are a couple, and or you know a couple, yeah. and there was an accident, and... Sex is not part of their relationship. Can't they still get married without having sex in the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. So if they can have a relationship where sex is not the issue because they're they're really getting married to be together, what difference does it make if they are both comfortable with the fact of having a poly relationship? Nothing. Nothing. Because their relationship is built around their core of, of wanting to be together and share whatever it is they're sharing. Look, I went to a wedding last week. My daughter decided to punk me a little bit and was, was sharing with me that this wedding was, was only one of three that's going to happen with the same couple. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you'd believe it. And you, you, you sold it so well. And I first said, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And you were like, the way that you did it, you sold me. And I go, holy shit. And I was pissed. And then I thought, and I wasn't going to say anything to the couple. Wasn't my business at all. But I was angry at heart because I had a higher, you know, I wanted, I wanted a, you know, a, a, a singular relationship for my, you know, for, for this couple, at least for the one of the people, you know, my, my niece and my, my niece for this thing. <laughs> but I realized I had to bite my tongue and say, look, you know, people, do yeah. their thing. And if this is something that, that that they are going to do and they're comfortable with, what skin is it off my ass? Shut up and enjoy the wedding. And whatever, because they've chose, they wanted to do this together. This is their thing. Yes, I was upset. <laughs> okay, so to give you guys some background, my little cousin Mackenzie got married a couple weekends ago. We all went back for the wedding. 
Mackenzie and her husband, Hudson. Hudson. Are moving to Utah. So I told my dad. I just said, why are they going to Utah? And I go, so Hudson can find his next wife. It was a joke. And I didn't think he would ever believe me. No, I knew he believed so, it because he came right to me and was like, is this real? So is I kind BS? of, and he came, he came back and I go, yeah, seriously, go ask them. Like, that's a big part of the reason they're moving to Utah. So Hudson, Hudson can find his, his other wife. Thinking my daughter would not lie to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't think you'd believe me, but it was, I was smiling and laughing. Like I'm not a good punker. I don't know. So that being said, I think with this story, though, we're making a lot of assumptions that she even wants a polyamorous relationship. What if this couple just wants a threesome? Like, what if it's just they're trying to just find a little unicorn and what, they just want they, a threesome? But whatever they want, they want it together. It's their Very choice. It, and it doesn't matter. I think what's really hard when we have friends and like them bringing up the red flags where they're like, well, her so her partner's social anxiety, you know, I know it bothers her sometimes and this and that. And it's our friends vent to us just to vent. You know, I think there's that question again where you need to ask your friends when they're venting to you, hey, do you want comfort or do you want solutions? Like what are like, you know, you yeah. get to the end and you can ask. Your friend obviously loves that person or they wouldn't be marrying them. So whatever issues they have. It's it's their issues. Like they're getting married, and hey, if she marries them, and down the road realizes, ah, wasn't wasn't right. There's divorce. It's it's out there. It's available, likely. Where so you go are. enjoy your friend's wedding. Yeah, and I would. I mean, if you really want to know, like, just go out to lunch and ask her. Hey, I saw yeah. your dating profile. Like, yeah, what's up? What's I, up with that? I think what's sticking out to me is you're in the bridal party, but you've become less close. That's one piece. Another piece is you found this profile, but it clearly has the fiance, both them in, and it shows that they're both wanting this. Yeah. And piece three is this starting the job and traveling out of state and it's your concern. So my, my feeling on this is that you may not be in the know of all the details of it, yeah. which is bothering you, but I don't think there is anything that's like, okay, there's a problem here that you need to get involved with, especially because of the fact you become less close. What happens if if, yeah. if this person is actually wants to be part of that poly relationship? Well, now we're getting into a real dynamic. Don't shit where you eat. Let them, let them find it on the apps. Yeah. Or let them come to you. Yeah. No, I do think you're probably, you're probably right on the money with that though, because I know that feeling when you like, you almost feel like you're learning new information about your friends through social media yeah. or in this case, a dating app. And it can kind of like even make you feel like you're more on the outs. Like, oh, you didn't, you didn't tell me like, oh, I don't, I don't know you as well. Yeah. So I think that's probably it. And like, it doesn't have to be this weird thing, like, unless they are very reserved, but I would just go to lunch, grab coffee. It's a great excuse to feel closer, connect before the wedding, and just ask, hey, I saw your dating profile. Don't are you, guys, or are you looking up. for a unicorn? And, and by the way, don't be judgmental. Exactly. And be acceptable. Be accepting and yeah. say, I didn't know this about you, but it's, you know, whatever it is. Don't yuck somebody's yum. That's it. Yeah. What? Don't yuck somebody's yum. Yeah. That was perfect. Okay. <laughs> Learn something new every day, I guess. Anyways, that was a good one. Choo-choo. On to number five. 
The what grand number? finale. This is number five. The grand finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're pulling into the home station. Okay, here we go. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I need some parenting advice. I, 35 female, have two children, 11 female and three female. Growing up, my parents never had any of the big talks with me. Periods, sex, babies, they were all considered taboo and not discussed. I wasn't told what periods were until I started mine. We were even told it was bad to talk about pooping. I was primarily raised by my grandmother as my mother worked 60 plus hours a week and my father wasn't around much. Anyway, I've tried to break the cycles that my own family had with my children. I try to teach them that bodies are not something to be ashamed of. I tried to discuss big issues with my oldest. Friendships, dating, body stuff, nothing is off the table for us. She is approaching puberty, and while she knows what periods are, we haven't had the sex talk yet. She knows where babies come from. We had that discussion when my youngest was born. However, she never asked how the baby got there, just how she got out. At the time, she was only in third grade, and I didn't know how to appropriately bring it up without her asking, so I didn't. I've listened to two hot takes, and now Father knows something for a while, and I love the openness and honesty that you and Morgan have. I want to have that same relationship with my daughters. My oldest is very naive and immature still. She is 11 and going into sixth grade, but she's not interested in boys or dating at all and still says it's gross or weird when she sees people kiss. My husband came from a similar family dynamic as me, that they just didn't have the big conversations when he was growing up. He also feels uncomfortable with bringing up this conversation with her. I guess my question is, how did you initiate this conversation with your children, specifically Morgan since she's a girl? I don't want to bring it up as when you love someone, or once you're married, because I don't feel like those are realistic to teach her. I want her to feel like she's able to talk to me and not have to keep secrets or hide things, but also be responsible, especially with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I do feel that I still have some time before that's an issue for us, but I would rather her hear and learn things from me than from the other kids at school. Perfect. So if uh, if you think I was the dad that went to Morgan and tried to you know put earmuffs over her ears so nobody would know about it, that was not this father. This father was very open, very proactive, and I'm going to let Morgan tell talk about it in a second, or I will. It depends what she wants, but I will say this: starting the conversation because she's 11 to say, look you're going to start hearing things about where babies come from, sex things. Look, it's it's everywhere already. When you're, when you're ready that you want to hear about it, I'm here to tell you about it. I don't want to gross you out. I don't want you to you know, go, na 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 mom, I don't want to hear this. When you're ready, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you about it. I, I don't, I'm not going to ram it down your throat today. And if you want to hear about it today, I'm willing to talk to you about it. But you have to really make sure that it's an invitation, that it's open. It's, it's casual enough that you... Or that she could feel at ease to have that conversation with you. Yeah. And that's the most important part, and that you want her to, to, to know the truth about it and what it's really about. So, whatever the stories your girlfriends may tell you, it's not bullshit. Now, I think I told you at 13. I don't really remember. I just remember I never got 
I didn't get a sex talk until after I was already having sex. Wait a minute. Mom never gave me one. I talked to you about sex. You did, but it was already after the fact. No, you were like 13 or 14. I was having sex at 14. Yeah, but at 13 you weren't. No, but but you didn't tell me until later because I remember I had finally, like I had started having sex and you were like, you just need to be careful, you know, use condoms. And then you were like, and be sure it doesn't slip off because one time when I was in a van, I had a mattress in the back of my van and my (laughs) condom slipped off. So I remember that, but I don't, I don't really ever remember getting a good comprehensive sex education. Would talk. you have received it even though? Yeah. Yeah. You think? I was always a curious kid. I thought kid. you were so defiant though. But I was always a curious was always kid. Curious. I, ah. I, it would have been better if they would have came to me and said, hey, let's sit down. We're going to talk about sex today. I don't know how I feel about the approach of, well, I don't want to gross you out. So when, whenever you're ready, I feel like that almost implies well, there's some shame there. I think what I'm doing because the because she's already saying that her daughter is like yuck, I don't yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah, the kissing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're just trying to make sure the door is open and that you're welcome to a hundred approach at any right. time. And, I, and if you want to talk about it right now, I am prepared to have a conversation with you right now. I think, yeah. but I think get ahead of it. I think you can have a conversation with your kid. Watching people make out in public is different than sitting down and opening a textbook and saying, hey, you know, you're going through this this stage in your life. You're really developing puberty. It's tough. You're going to get your period soon. With that comes the potential of things like getting pregnant. You remember well, when I was pregnant? What, what, well, I would even even go a step further. To explain wh- why your body is changing. What's happening? Yeah. There's and- YouTube videos you can find for her. There's other things that you can say, hey, let's watch this video together. And then after, I am... So open. You can ask me any questions. And if you don't want to talk about it right away, that's fine. I'm here. But at least you know that she got the education versus you open the door and say, I'm here, but... I'm with you. She might never come to you or she might talk about it with her friends and they get wrong information. Oh yeah, you know, if you you only have sex and he just sticks it in a little, you can't get pregnant. You, You know... You don't want misinformation there getting told. There is a lot of that that goes around in middle school. So mm-hmm. much. All the rumors. Complete just like BS. But I would certainly start by saying this is why your body is changing. This is why we have different bodies and explain to our parts and, yeah. and make it very matter of fact. Yeah. And a lot of, depending on where you are, at least in the United States, a lot of schools don't teach comprehensive health classes anymore or comprehensive sex ed. So she might not ever get that unless you open the door and have Mm -hmm. these conversations. And it doesn't need to be shameful. It doesn't need to be uncomfortable. It's just a matter of fact. The school one's not the same. Stick with biology. No. The school one is like, it it just feels like another class. And then you could talk after the biology of it, you can talk about the intimacy of it and 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 and, and the feelings and the nerve endings and everything that goes along with it, why it feels good. Yeah, I think I think that is better. I just remember for me, like it was very no sex before marriage. That was your mother. Yeah, but that you moved. I was in eighth grade. I had this conversation with you before. No, 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 no. So you moved when I was in eighth grade. I started having sex in ninth grade. So I feel like for me, there was a lot of shame and I had to keep it secret and I couldn't talk to my mom. And so therefore I couldn't go on birth control and 
you don't want your kid to ever be put in a position because you closed a door in their face. Like, hey, you know, I would really like for you to wait until you're older, but if you feel you're ready and you're going to have sex, please come to me so we can make sure you have birth control or you have things that you need in order to be safe. And I brought that to you because, and I did that before because I knew that you were going to be at this age. You were right. You were about 13 years old. I don't, I don't know. I'm blacking it out if you did. Apparently I didn't do a good job. (laughs) No, but I think, you know. But I never hid the fact of it from you at all. You, yeah, but like, again, my parent that I lived with, this was before I left. I don't remember it. This is before I moved back yeah, to Yeah, and I don't remember. I mean, I was I, I was young. That's also 16 years ago. So, I mean, I'm I don't really remember, but I remember not really having a sex ed talk. And what was so interesting is I talked about this with Amy and Matt recently where my mom gave Matt a really comprehensive sex ed talk. So much so he even told she even told him, oh, Matt, just remember, it's also about Amy. It's not just about you and your pleasure. Wow. Meanwhile, I got nothing. And so I'm really happy that at least maybe so much of that double standard isn't around, especially like this listener has a little a little girl daughter and is like, I want to be on top of it. And oh, really that's the biggest part comprehensive. of this. No, yeah. that's the best part. This is amazing. You're already, you're already going to do it really well because yeah. you're already there mentally. Exactly. You just got to be open. Pull up a YouTube video. Find, do a little research, watch it before, but that's probably good. Start, yeah. start with a video because there's, there's people out there. They'll, I'm sure they'll have pictures and it'll be a whole thing. And then you just open the floor after. Yeah. I agree. And you know, she's getting good factual information. And there's good stuff out there today. I'm sure there is. YouTube's great. Probably yeah. a lot better than we were young. I mean, yeah. I know, I knew how to, I know how to rebuild my, my motor on YouTube. So I'm sure for our <laughs> sex education, it's going to be perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe just screen them all before. Make sure it's a good yeah, one. Yeah, you know, yeah. when I did, when I had to rebuild the engine, you've told me what tools to get. Everything. I'm sure, I'm sure the video will too. <laughs> a lot of parallels with that God. for sure. Oh, well, on that note, that's all we got. <laughs> Take us off. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for joining us this evening. And uh, we're going to do another couple of shows because we are again traveling again for the next few weeks. So we want to have them in the can so we can not miss a week for you because I know that you guys wait for that Monday night, Tuesday morning. Some people are fresh into it. And uh, I always love, you know, waking up wherever I am at, at you know, that 2 a.m. period and start seeing what the comments oh, are. Yeah. I also noticed that people all, a lot of people watch your show while they're cleaning. Yeah. You should give some cleaning motivation right now. Come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> More uh. like keep scrubbing that sink. You got it. Finish the counters. You got it. You do. Here's, here's in fact, a good in spot. Fact, maybe a maybe that you know the the scuba or the Roomba might be a lot of fun to have too. They haven't given you a hand. So why you know why it's doing its little robotic trick? You can just be sucking on a coffee. Or here's a good spot to manually vacuum because we're done and you won't hear us anymore. Good night. And Bye, we'll guys. see you next week. Bye. Bye.